Hello, kaiju lovers. You might be thinking, hey, this isn't episode 51. No, it's not. <sighs> My apologies. Between production of episode 50 falling behind, plus me working a new job and a bunch of other things that we call life, I ended up not being able to finish it in time. My hope is that I will have it done as soon as possible. If it's not until next week, it may not be until next week. My goal is to get back on schedule as soon as I can. I'm still trying to catch up on a lot of stuff. Forgive me, as I said. But in the meantime, I'm sharing with you the audio I did for MIFV Max number 5, which was a live stream that I did. Now, you might be wondering why I'm sharing all this MIFV Max stuff out of order. Well, uh, the reason I'm sharing the one I'm sharing with you today is because I thought, in light of episode 50, that this was more relevant compared to the other ones. This was a live stream on MIFV's second anniversary proper, which was in late September, where I took questions from the chat and answered all of them. So it's just me speaking, but I am interacting with a bunch of people in the chat. I will leave a link to the video version of it if you haven't seen it. Otherwise, enjoy this while I get back on schedule. Hello, kaiju lovers, and welcome to MIFV Max number five. <laughs> the AMA edition. Ask me anything. So, for now, <laughs> I'm just going to vamp here for a little bit to see if anyone shows up. I've been letting a bunch of people know about it. I have a couple of friends that I've been telling about this, some of whom who have been promising to show up when we go live here. Hope you enjoyed the little video clip I kind of threw together there because you might be wondering, why are we, uh, why should, uh, not we, why am I doing this? Well, guess what, people? As of today, it is MIFV's second anniversary. I love the victory music in Mega Man X. You can't go wrong there. I see we have a couple of viewers right there. According to my uh, viewer counter there, be sure to leave some comments in the chat so I can see who all is here. Anyway, two years. Two years as of today. It's weird to think about. It really, really is. But I figured... Uh, Hey, it's Danny and Elijah. <laughs> oh, there we go. Mr. Damana. I ask, why is Nate doing this a lot? <laughs> yes, yes, he does. Uh, what is this channel? Oh, <laughs> well, I see we're taking the Ask Me Anything a little weirdly seriously or something like that. I'm not sure, but yes, E.T. the Extraterrestrial Productions. <laughs> this is the channel 
for <laughs> the Monster Island Foam Vault, a podcast seeking entertainment and enlightenment through Tokusatsu. <laughs> Thank you very much for joining me. Uh, both of you are MIFV Max members, which is really great to see all of you here. Yeah, not sure. Looks goofy. I like it. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do, Danny. Uh, by the way, I had no idea if I go by... <laughs> I'm game, he says, E.T., the extraterrestrial productions. Uh, I love it, Danny, how your avatar looks like uh, a, a silhouetted pencil sketch of Godzilla. I had no idea that's what you actually looked like. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it's crazy. I also, this is kind of surprising. I actually found out when I was jumping onto Twitter this morning. Actually, it wasn't Twitter. It was because of Google this morning because they have the funny little banners that they do on special occasions. And I w found out, you'd be, I'm shocked I didn't know this or that I forgot this, but today would have been Christopher Reeve's 69th birthday. So I launched the podcast on the birthday of my favorite actor to play one of my favorite superheroes, and that's just dang cool. But it's it's so funny to think. Two years. Two years. When I launched this podcast, I was starting my, excuse me, my second year of grad school, and now I'm graduated. And yes, Elijah, I am a nerd. Takes one to know one. Booyah. <laughs> And you know, so much has happened since then. Like I said, I graduated grad school. And it's just wild for me to think that I have been back in the podcast game for two years. I've met a lot of really wonderful people, including the knuckleheads who are in this chat right now. And it's been an absolutely wonderful experience. It's been a little rough at points, too. But that's what happens with any exciting venture that you get yourself into. And, you know, it's totally worth it. By the way. I don't know if you can see it, but, you know, I'm representing my Kaiju Weekly and my friend and MIFV Max member, Travis Alexander. This is one of his shirt designs. I could, I just couldn't not buy it because, you know, Monster Island, my fictional workplace, you know. So, like I said, this is going to be AMA, Ask Me Anything. <laughs> Thank you, Elijah. I, I really appreciate that. We've had a lot of long talks uh, <laughs> about a lot of different things. So anyway, this is AMA Ask Me Anything, and uh, that seems a little bit dangerous. Uh, I'm, uh, I'm expecting some strange questions to come in, some of which I probably won't answer. But... I will start fielding them right now. So what are some things that you have been really curious to ask me about regarding the podcast, Kaiju, Tokusatsu, all of that stuff? I'll even field questions for my other podcast, Henshin Men, if you want to. <laughs> start throwing them, at, throwing them at me, boys. See if we can, you know, and hopefully some more people will drop in and we can liven things up here a little bit. All monsters attack? Uh, that's a question, but I don't know what the you know the that question pertains to. I'm not sure. Are you trying to? Are you asking if all if, if every monster in existence likes to attack things? It's not necessarily true. 
No, but you know, this is, uh, I'm not sure what to tell you about that one. What is Jet Jaguar's favorite borderline hentai? <laughs> I'm pretty sure the last time he tried to uh, plug into the internet and uh, watch hentai, it just about crashed his system, probably got him infected with a virus or two. I think ever since then, he's just decided, you know what? I'm okay with that. I don't need any more, which sounded a bit more like this, honestly. You know? And uh, what do we got down here? We got one from Danny. Danny Demena. Why, yes. Yes, they do. Are you answering someone else's question? Oh, you're answering uh, all monsters attack? Yeah. Uh, apparently, Danny's got some different opinions uh, on that question. <laughs> what do we got here? Six minutes in and the hentai jokes are already starting. Yeah, you can thank uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial for that one. I mean, he's become a little bit notorious for accidentally buying some toku porn, or at least softcore toku porn. Just saying. Let's see. What's your favorite cutie episode? I can't comment on that because I haven't seen a lick of cutie honey. <laughs> Oh, there you go. <laughs> and don't accuse me of lying, because that is the truth. I haven't seen a single episode of Cutie Honey. I do have the movie, admittedly. I haven't watched it yet, but I have it, because I'm considering it for the podcast, and if I end up hating it, or it ends up being not what I've been promised it is, which is not nearly as risque as the source material, I will be yelling at Travis Alexander over it because it was on his recommendation that I purchased said movie. Let me see. At least I got the first yes nipple reference in. Like, literally just now, I win. <laughs> I thought you were dropping in to harass me, uh, dandy man, or... <laughs> and not Elijah here. So we said, "What's your favorite Anno movie?" Ooh, that's a that's a good one. I admit I haven't seen all of Anno's filmography. I'm actually probably a little bit more familiar with his anime work. So actually, I take it back. I think what I will say is, hmm. Probably Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.1 Thrice Upon a Time. Yes, that is the entire title, which I checked, is now in the top 10 longest animated movies ever. <laughs> oh, man, you should see the chat right now. Danny and Elijah going back and forth <laughs> over Yeti nipple jokes. <laughs> Elijah, what are you going to do if Kaiju Weekly actually bothers to <laughs> cover that movie finally? Is the joke finally going to go away? Uh, All righty, come on, guys. What else you got for me? Come on. It's amazing how... You know, I, it's amazing how you know I have to actually make people ask me questions with this. Uh, I did actually say that if, if people couldn't make it to the stream, they could just send me their questions, and you know I figured that if P really 
Monster Island Yeti Nipple Vault. Yeah, that's uh, that's a very different place. It's on a different island, and that's a very different vault. Very strange one. I think Dr. Dora manages that one, or maybe his cousin or something who's even weirder than he is. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, I figured that with the lack of questions you know, that were being submitted to me, that meant there could be a lot of people in the stream. So you never know. There might be some more people showing up for the stream. Uh, MIFT Yeti episode when? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, I'm not at liberty to talk about that one. And to be honest, I'm highly resistant to a Yeti episode, despite the fact that you, Mr. Danny Demena, got me the movie for Christmas last year, which just about wrecked me. The What is your thoughts on Kaiju Ramen? I think, I, I'm biased, obviously, because... <laughs> because I've been featured in two of the three episode, not episodes issues of kaiju ramen and i think kaiju ramen is a fantastic publication and i'm not just saying that because i'm friends with the people who run the magazine but it's basically g fan but a heck of a lot more modern and i think that's very good as much as i love g uh, fan and what jd and all the rest of them have done for the fandom <laughs> that magazine looks like it's I mean, I, st I, uh, I renewed my subscription to G-Fan after I hadn't read any of it for years, and I was shocked to find out that basically nothing had changed. They've been using the same format for years at this point, probably since the 90s. So to, to see Kaijurama come out and having a much more colorful and modern aesthetic, I think was very good for the fandom. Hey, Toku Punk Productions. Great to see you in the chat. What do we got here? Wait, a different island? Is that MIFV Cannon? I don't know. I'm making up bullcrap right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had a typo there. <laughs> What's your favorite Tokusatsu documentary? Ooh, that's a good one, Elijah. Ooh, that's a good one. Oh, man. I haven't watched the Tokusatsu documentary in a while. Oh, man. You know what? Uh, it's probably the easy answer to give. I'm going to say Hail to the King, the uh, uh, documentary made by Kyle Yount a few years ago where he traveled to Japan and visited a bunch of different places, including Toho Studios. That was where I was introduced to Shinpei Hayashiya because he was, in, he was interviewed on that documentary and I was that was actually really cool and uh, to be honest Kyle Gount is the big reason why a lot of us are doing what we're doing he was the granddaddy of all kaiju podcasters without him we you know a lot of us wouldn't be doing what we're doing we all took a lot we all all of us owe at least a little bit of something to Kyle Gount for trailblazing at this point he said i've talked with him he said he wasn't the first kaiju podcast i'm a little curious to find out who beat him <laughs> but he and but you know kaiju cast for a long time was the only game in town when it came to kaiju podcasting i mean the name says it all kaiju cast it was the first so you know that was a great documentary i would say and i would probably second i would say 
Oh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, bringing Godzilla down to size, the Rifle and Gotachewski one. I remember that's been a while since I've watched it, but I remember that one being very good as well. So, what do we get here from Toku Punk? What did you think of Ultra Galaxy: The Destined Crossroads? Well, I, I'm assuming you're talking about the trailer and all of the announcements for it because it's not out yet, so I haven't actually seen it, but. You know, uh, barring more clarification, to answer your question, I think it actually looks pretty exciting. I'm curious to see what they're doing. They're introducing a new Ultra in this. I'm wondering what exactly they're going to be doing with him. Is he going to be the star of another show? Is he going to be kind of like Zero? Is, uh, is he going to be appearing in different things or in movie, just in movies and specials and other people's shows? I'm curious to see what they're going to do with him. And there's a lot of, even though these little web series have been very action-oriented, they've had you know a good plot going on in them, and I'm curious to see what all is going to pan out with that. And, I mean, yeah, there's some kind of obvious, you know, we're introducing new characters and forms and all that so we can market them toys, but, you know, that's kind of been a thing in, you know, in stuff like this for a long time. Although I'm hearing rumors that... Supro might be might start getting a little bit away from that in the future. Regardless, I'm really excited to see how this pans out. I'm assuming that unless something crazy happens, that this will be the end of a trilogy, since this is the third one of these web series that they've done and they've flowed into each other very nicely. And I'm hoping that it's a very nice capper. And if anyone is interested, I might try talking my co-host, Travis Alexander, into into covering that on the uh, on Henshinman sometime or if someone is interested if you aren't already a member of MIFE Max on Patreon feel free to join and sponsor one of those specials because once you uh, you know, run them all together they're you know it's about the length of a movie which would be perfect for the uh for the film vault what we got here from Danny Domena fantastic doc I'm in the credits Oh, are you talking? You're talking about Kyle Gowns' documentary. Yes. All right. What do we got here from Elijah? What's your take on Little Shop of Horrors? You're gonna have to be a little bit more specific. Are we talking about the original nineteen? I think it was nineteen sixty Roger Corman movie. Are we talking about the stage play from the eighties? Or are we talking about the glorious? Well, there's a little bit of an answer for you. The glorious nineteen eighty seven film version directed by Frank Oz and starring. Uh, Rick Moranis, you're going to have to specify a little bit. All right, what do we got here, Danny? Sentai Rangers choose, oh, chose wisely? Uh, is that a past tense? That uh, Are you uh, are you telling me, are you from the future telling me that I chose, uh, chose wisely? That's difficult for me to answer because admittedly, I've seen way more Power Rangers than I have Sentai, but I'm trying to remedy that thanks to Tubi. I have started Zhu Ranger, and I'm making my way through that. The you know, and you know, and there's twelve of uh, Sentai series that are on there, so it's it's difficult for me to pick on that by just the sheer amount of volume of what I already have seen. I would have to say Rangers, but only because I've seen way more of that. But I'm trying to. I'm trying to, you know, catch up a little bit on that. So we'll see what happens. Now, to compare Mighty Morphin Season 1 with what I've seen of Zhu Rangers so far, 
it's been interesting to say the least. The editing is more cohesive, I will say, in Zhu Ranger, obviously, but having I'm going through Lightspeed Rescue right now for Power Rangers, and I've seen everything before this. I will admit the the way that they edit in the Sentai footage gets better as they go along. And there's a bit more, but I will say in Zhu Ranger, there's de- obviously more consistency and continuity uh, between everything. Whereas in Rangers, they kind of have to fudge around a little bit. So, you know, there's that for sure. That's something you'll have, I'll have to get back to you maybe next year after I've seen some more Sentai. So uh, we got some, uh, <laughs> we got uh, some more uh, comments here. We got uh, Toku Punk saying that uh, he prefers Sentai. Yeah, Sentai always has a, will be better than Rangers. Ooh, uh, depending on what circle you're on on the internet, that might be fighting voids. Uh, oh, most of the time. Yeah, I understand that. Yep. So uh, uh, thanks for your clarification, Elijah. So all of Little Shop. Okay. So here's my comment on that. I have seen the stage play, and I have seen... Uh, by the way, when I saw the stage play, it was put on by a local theater troupe here made up of people that I actually know, and the, <laughs> and uh, they performed it in a greenhouse at a hardware store, which is just amazing. And then the, the puppets that they had for Audrey were in just nothing short of incredible. I don't know. I think they had the built from scratch, and it was amazing what they did there. And I have seen the 1987 movie. And I love the 1987 movie. I want an excuse to have it on the podcast. I really want to cover it. Now, I get it. It's not exactly kaiju. It's not exactly... It's more of a tokusatsu, comparatively. However, interestingly, if you watch the original ending that was cut from the movie, it turns into a kaiju movie. It's nuts. And I have zero doubt in my mind that Kazuki Omori... The writer-director of Godzilla vs. Biollante saw that movie and that influenced the design and concept for Biollante. I have zero doubt. In fact, I joked in my previous podcast life that that I wanted to see a fan edit of scenes of Biollante from that movie with some of Audrey's songs in there. I would love to see... Biollante singing, I'm a mean green mother from outer space. I mean, it would just be incredible. Make my day, people. Please do that. You will be my hero. So what we got here from Danny Demena, all of the above. The more Audrey, <laughs> the better. The more Audrey too, the better. Yep, I agree. In fact, when I was an undergrad, we had, uh, it wasn't an official club. It was just a little something that a bunch of the students did. So a bunch of the writer, my writer friends and I in undergrad would get together every Wednesday night. I think it was it was Wednesday or Thursday night. Just hang out, and we had made Audrey two our unofficial mascot. So there you go. <laughs> Butterfingers! All right, what we got here? These typers are going to be these typos are going to be the end of me. Join the club! <laughs> Amazingly, I'm really good at picking out typos, except my own. Now, a lot of times, my own typos will slip right through my fingers. Do it. Do it now! Do what? I don't know what you are talking about. I'm going to sleep into the Schwarzenegger voice. Do, do, do it. Do it now. Oh. All right, what do we got here? Really long comment from Danny Domena. 
I highly encourage every sentient being on the planet to see Little Shop on stage at least once. The different approaches to budget puppeteering alone is worth it. Very true. Also, the stage play and the movie are quite different at points. In particular, there is a whole song that was added to the movie version that is not in the stage play, and it threw me off because... <laughs> that was my favorite song in the movie, and then I found it was invented for the movie, and interestingly, it was nominated for the Oscar for Best Original Song that year. There you go. I don't. It didn't win. I don't know who won that year. Someone may have to look that up for me. It was. I'm guessing it was. I'm guessing it was the 1988 Academy Awards. So find out what won Best Song. <laughs> Do it. Do it now. Research that for me. All right. Let me see. Toku Punk. Have you watched Kamen Rider Revis so far? No, I have not. I didn't even know that it started. I thought it was going to be another couple of months before that launched. So uh, it's good to hear that it started. Uh, I've only seen some stills and you know the occasional clip here and there, so I'm not sure quite what to think of it at the moment. Oh, and uh, now I'm not the one getting questions. It's... Uh, E.T. the Extraterrestrial Productions talking to Danny. What about working on it? Ooh, yeah, because uh, <laughs> that's something. In case you didn't know, the he is living the dream right now. He is, what, I forget. Well, I forget what your position is, Elijah. Are you assistant director or something for, and I don't remember, is it uh, is it your high school that's doing it or uh, just a local theater troupe or something? But anyway, he's working on a stage production of Little Shop of Horrors, and he has just been on cloud nine doing that. I've been hearing a lot of stories from him. All right, Tokupunk. Oh, episode four is tonight, LOL. <laughs> ah, uh, Revis. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure where I would be able to see it. Uh, please let me know, you know if, if it's safe to... Put it in the comments because I know how Toei is about fan subs. So, yeah. What's this? What's your take on toast from Elijah? Toast is delicious, especially cinnamon toast. I like cinnamon toast sometimes in the morning. Assistant director slash stage manager. Okay, yeah, that's what Elijah's doing for this production of Little Shop. Like I said, if... I want an excuse to cover the movie on the podcast. So, again, if any of you are on MIFV Max and you want Little Shop of Horrors covered on the podcast before I find someplace to stick it in later on in my schedule, make it happen, people. Make it happen, Cap'n. All right, let me see. Got some more here from Dane Damana. Yeah, a lot of fans of the stage versions hate Mean Green Mother because they saw it as a cheap way to qualify the movie for a Best Original Song Oscar. Nonsense, says I. That song is amazing. It is. And sometimes I wish they would add that to the stage version because I think the song is fantastic. So I think, I don't know if you've told me about this or not, Elijah, but if, you, uh, if you've tried to get that song into this production that you're working on, but if you can't, please do. Let me see. Oh, okay. That's just Danny commenting on how awesome it is that Elijah's working on that. All right, some more from Toku Punk. Do you think Ultraman Jack and Cosmos deserve way more tribute for their 50th and 20th since Tiga's getting all the love? 
I would actually say yes. Now I'm not I'm more familiar with Jack than I am Cosmos because I haven't gotten around to seeing Cosmos yet other than seeing him appear in uh, a few of the productions that I've already seen. But I do think Jack uh, deserves a bit more. He tends to kind of blend in with the original Ultraman because he doesn't look a whole lot different. But his show, I have to say, you know, going through all of the Mill Creek releases for the show and stuff so far, I'm almost done with Ultraman Tower right now. And I've actually thought that Return of Ultraman was actually a pretty excellent show at points. One of the best that I think that I've seen so far from the Showa era of Ultraman. If nothing else, I think the, the show deserves some more love. But the thing is, is Tiga's the moneymaker. You just have to live with that. Tiga's the moneymaker. Tiga's the most pop... Next to the original Ultraman and probably Ultra 7, he's the most popular Ultraman in the franchise, in that whole pantheon. So it makes good business sense for... Supro to really be pushing Tiga right now. Although it's a little astonishing if you know some of the stuff that surrounded the Tiga television show. You know, with don't get me started on Johnny's because and they're still mucking things up because we're not getting the Tiga movie in the DVD set that Mill Creek's putting out. It makes mad. Oh, Johnny's. Uh, Johnny's, you know. You know, uh, Sentai and Common Rider fans complain about Toei just being stingy, but oh man, poor Supro and Johnny. Ugh, yeah. Uh, E.T., the extraterrestrial, says Mean Green is godly. Yes. Yes. And Danny agrees. He says, yes, it is, in all caps. All right, got another question here from Danny Damana. How many Playmates GVK toys have you broken down and bought so far? Hmm. Uh, if you, if you uh, that's funny because if you pay attention, you can't quite see it. I'll uh, I'll move the camera here a little bit, but I've got a few on the shelf over there. So there's at least two of them, and you can see some of the boxes I have there as well. I would say at the moment I have purchased about seven. I've got the the eleven inchers back there. I got the thirteen inchers. I got a jet jaguar. I got, uh, thanks to you, Danny, I got the Heat Ray Godzilla, which now there's a whole bunch of them at one of my local Walmarts, and they're putting them on clearance, trying to get rid of them. It's insane. And I have uh, to go with, uh, and I have you to blame for this, because you sent me the Heat Ray Godzilla. I had to start getting more. Uh, I've bought the uh, one of the smaller Kongs that has the axe so that I could put it up on display with the Heat Ray Godzilla because the Ray seems like a little Ray uh, Heat Ray accessory. It looks like it's specifically designed so that you can have it get blocked by Kong's axe. So that's great. And there are a few more that I am considering getting, you know, uh, hashtag save the vinyl so you can uh, screw, uh, stick it to the scalpers. If nothing else, buy them, even if you don't intend on keeping them, even if you don't like them. But you know people who want them, save them from the scalpers so that some monster-loving children can have them and their parents don't have to <laughs> give a pound of flesh in order to give these wonderful toys. These surprisingly good toys, I have to say. Playmates has gotten a lot better with their Godzilla toys over the last couple of years. They listen to people. They listen to the complaints. Because let me tell you, I've seen those Space Godzillas and the Shin Godzillas 
in real life, and they are terrible. <laughs> but there are a few other ones that I wouldn't mind getting. The I was very tempted. Oh, wait, and now actually I have eight because I have uh, I have three of them up on there because I have one. Uh, I have the uh, Skull Island Kong up there. Sneak it up on my Trendmasters Godzilla. Oh, and Mechagodzilla, the big Mechagodzilla. I have the big Mechagodzilla, which Elijah knows all about because uh, I gave him one. Hey, he won one in a drawing. So I guess actually I have closer to about nine or ten of them. <laughs> Nowhere near as many as you, Danny, I'm sure. Let me see. E.T. Productions. I talked about it, but when we got uh, when we got the license, the song wasn't in the package and we can't get it. Very unfortunate. Oh, man, you can't have Mean, Gr- mean, mean Green Mother in, the, in your production. That is sad. That is very, very sad. Yeah, and Danny agrees. That is sad. But good job trying. Oh, so Toku Punk. Tiga is the den, uh, the den of a, a, a den o of Ultraman. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about there. I, I got that reference. Yeah, cue the Captain America meme. Yeah, I got that reference. Yeah, I would agree with you there. And and take me higher is uh, is not the intro in the DVD. Are you kidding me? You are you kidding me? Did you get an early copy of the of the DVD set? That is a travesty, absolute travesty. What did they do? Replace it with another song? Is it a cover? What did they do? I have to know. Uh, Danny says, "Return of Ultraman deserves way more love. It's been awesome seeing so many fans finally get to see it thanks to Mill Creek." Agreed. So Toku Punk, they showed the original. OP for Tiga on Mill Creek's channel, and it's a new theme and footage. Oh, good lord. Good freaking lord. Johnny's just go screw yourselves, Johnny's. Go screw yourselves. I feel so sorry for Supro getting hamstrung by these people. Oh, makes me angry. Hey, it's the drift space! It's the Drift Space. Best next generation movie. I'm assuming that is a Star Trek question. And without question, it's first contact. There is no other choice other than first contact. Come on. It's the Wrath of Khan of next gen movies. Excuse me for a second. I need to plug in my computer because it wants to die. And its battery is terrible. So hold up. There we go. Stick that in. There we go. All right. So got some more from Mr. Thomas. There's rumors Take Me Higher isn't included, but no confirmation. Thankfully, I have the Funimation DVDs. Yeah, I'm a little jealous there because those were dang hard to find for a while. But I do hope that is only rumors because screw you, Johnnies. Screw you. If you want to know more about what I'm talking about, I highly recommend checking out a wonderful video essay from Vintage... Vintage Henshin that talks about it. It was very informative for me because I didn't know. That's the one of the great ironies is that as popular as Tiga is, Supro has been hasn't been able to use him quite as much because the talent agency that they got a pair of their actors for the show, including I might add the Daigo. Yeah, I think that was uh, is it Daigo. I think it's Daigo. the The ultra host in that show came from Johnny's, and good lord, they have just. Oh, it's been awful. 
what uh, how they've treated Supro and Supro wisely never did business with those punks ever again. But that's also why you'll notice Daigo hardly shows up in any Ultramia. Tiga shows up. Ultraman Tiga himself shows up, but not Daigo. It's interesting. Uh, if you watch the if you watch those clip show that clip show series that Supro did in the interim between Z and Trigger, and they, if they used any footage from Tiga, you'll notice Daigo is nowhere to be found in that. He has conveniently edited out because of this. It's ridiculous. Danny Domena, let the collectoritis flow through you. Watch your self-space diminish almost as quickly as your bank account. Good. Good. Yeah, I think I would have rather have had COVID. It's less expensive. <laughs> uh, let me see. Uh, Danny says, I have all the Funimation DVDs for years now, and I wouldn't get rid of them for a million bucks. I don't blame you at this point. As excited as I was to see Tika get released. Oh, man, we already have had some, I call them non-troversies, some non-troversies of the week. Recently with Supro's more recent releases because they didn't change the subtitles and they just used old subtitles that were less than great, we'll say. I just repackaged them. So, yeah, it's... It's a little bit. Yeah, they're um, they had so much goodwill built up, and now they're kind of squandering it a little bit. Although I'm going to tell you right now, I'm about ready to go to Mill Creek and tell them that I will e copy edit all of their stuff for them. Because good lord, remember how I said I'm good at spotting other people's typos? Good grief! Every time I look at something from Mill Creek, I keep spotting little errors, and they drive me crazy. I see them in the subtitles on occasion too. E.T. I like the fact that Funny yeah, Funimation includes bonus features and music videos. Really? I didn't know about that. But you would know because you're the physical media guru in my circle. If I ever have a question about physical media releases, he's the guy I talk to. So we got some more here from the Drift Space. Any Kaijirama articles from you we can look forward to? Well... It's a good thing I haven't signed a non-disclosure agreement or anything like that. But yes, I can tell you that I will be featured in issue four. I will be, which I believe the theme for issue four will be nostalgia. And I will be writing on the, you could call them lost episodes of MST3K. And I don't mean from the KTMA days. I mean the... Uh, they're specifically going to be the Godzilla episodes because there were two of them. They did Ebera Horror of the Deep or Godzilla versus the Sea Monster and Godzilla versus Megalon. And Sea Monster has never been released on physical media and they tried infamously to release Megalon on DVD and then Toho yelled at them. And then they had to put out a new version of that DVD volume they even called it like uh, volume 10.2 or something like that. And they replaced that disc with the giant Gila monster. I guess you're supposed to say Gila, not Gila, but it looks like Gila to me. A giant Gila monster. I sure remember being in an all right episode. And yeah, it's still a kaiju thing. But, oh man. And they even came up with a whole comedy bit that they filmed brand new for this release to kind of 
poke fun at the fact that Toho threatened to sue them into oblivion over this because they really honestly believe that the dubbed version of Megalon that they used on the show was in public domain. And a lot of VHS and even some DVD companies thought the same thing. So that's why there's a gazillion VHS releases of Godzilla versus Megalon and why it's one of the probably one of the most widely seen Godzilla movies ever. Not the most indicative of the franchise, admittedly. You know, so we can have a debate about that, but, you know, I can't fault it because Jet Jaguar. <laughs> Jet Jaguar is part of the supporting cast on MIFV. Can't complain there. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. And I am, uh, I was given an assignment for something to do in issue five, which will be Henshin Hero related. I don't know if I'm at liberty to say what that will be, but let's just say it will have to do with a very popular and prominent director in the Henshin hero and anime sphere, for that matter. What do we got here, E.T.? Imagine not owning the MST3K episode of Godzilla vs. Megalon. Shut up, okay? Shut up. Because you, you, you mother trucker, you got lucky. You somehow got lucky, mother trucker, and you got a copy that was, didn't cost you 500 bucks. Because minimum if you can find someone selling that thing you're gonna fork over three hundred dollars and you got it for 30 so don't talk to me don't talk to me imagine not being a giant <laughs> <brick of battle. laughs> now i think i know which of the drifters is running this is running the account right now <laughs> ultraman jack <laughs> Uh, Ultraman Jackass, uh, Jack Wagon, uh, maybe. Everyone should see it. Absolute genius. One of my favorite episodes. Uh, oh yes, the Megalon episode. Yeah, yeah. Rex Dart, Eskimo Spy. <laughs> so many good. So many. The Megalon, I think, is the better of the two Godzilla episodes for sure. It has some of the best zingers, and this is and uh, one of Mike Nelson's favorite. Uh, host segments was in that one, but I, you know, at this point, unless they can work out some sort of a deal with the powers that be over at uh, over at Toho, probably not going to see the light of day anytime soon. However, you dig around enough on the internet, you can find it. Anyway, what do we got here again, Mister Damana? I have nearly 20 different Megalon tapes in my VHS collection, and that's not even half of the ones I know exist. Yeah, and I had a couple of them myself for a while. But I'm a bit of a practical collector, so when I upgrade, I tend to part with the older editions. So I don't have any of... Mo I don't have most, I should say, of my old VHSs anymore. But admittedly, I do have two copies of Megalon. One on DVD, one on Blu-ray, thanks to the Criterion Collection. And then we just have uh, crying while laughing faces from Elijah. I'm not sure what that is in reference to. And I have somehow caught up with the chat. <laughs> That's a little bit hilarious. So I'm getting some notifications here on the phone. Let me see. Is there anything related to the, uh, the stream? No, I don't see that. So the... What do we got? 
I believe there's like 60 or 70 releases on VHS. You have got to be kidding me, Elijah. That many for Megalon? Really? And then Danny, in response to me talking about the, that episode getting released, not happening. Toho said no ho. <laughs> Toho said no ho. Ooh. Oh, where's the... There you go. And <laughs> they dang well meant it. No surprise. No surprise at all. Yeah. Toho is like an overprotective parent when it comes to Godzilla. It's a little bit ridiculous. You know, I get it. it they oh, Godzilla is one of their cash cows. And oh man, now, if you would uh Elijah. Speaking of that, if you ever, ever, once you you know your podcast comes off of hiatus while you're living the dream with Little Shop and Audrey too. Go crazy and have a roundtable discussion about whether that Godzilla should be in the public domain. Because remember, that Discord chat between you, me, Michael, and Travis? Good Lord. It's too bad we weren't recording. That was good podcasting, my friend. Good podcasting. Let me see. Do you put pineapple on pizza? Heck no. Heck no. I don't understand the appeal. Good Lord. What the frick? Makes no sense. No. Thoughts on Power Rangers 2017 now that you've plowed through our fantastic episode. You know, I admit when I I actually went and saw Power Rangers 2017 in the movie theater. Partly just to, you know, there's a I have a little bit of nostalgia attached to Power Rangers. And also just to, you know, it's it was a Toku related thing, so I figured might as well support it. And also I just I basically go and see every superhero movie that's out there. <laughs> it's just you know, call me stupid, but uh, which some of you are probably gonna do in the chat now. But I just go and I I'm such a superhero nut that I just do that. And I will admit when I first saw it, it was kind of ambivalent. I thought it was all right, but after listening to the episode, good grief, I'm like, did I miss a whole bunch of stuff? I think I missed a whole bunch of stuff. Now, I under, so I need to watch it again. I haven't watched it again. I have a copy of it because it's in contention. It's on the MIFV master list. In fact, it might be showing up a little bit sooner than you think. You know, I'll be making an announcement about next season, probably in the next month or so. And I am definitely probably I'm probably going to cite that episode as part of my research. So great job, guy. Honestly, I think it's one of your best episodes, one of my favorite episodes of your podcast. And oh my goodness, uh, it did make me stop and rethink some things about the show. Which is okay. It doesn't get the surface level things about Power Rangers quite right. The Megazords look weird. The, the Zords look strange, especially the Megazord. Goldar, don't get me started. Uh, Rita looks a little bit strange. And, you know, uh, the power, the actual Power Ranger costumes are a bit odd. They look, they're a little bit more Iron Man than they are Sentai, which is okay, I suppose. I mean, you know, it makes some sort of sense. I think I would have preferred something more like what they did with the 1995 movie where it looks recognizably like the Power Rangers suits, but they look, they don't just look like spandex. But the the fact that I think you guys, what, what really struck me is I think you guys got it right. It got the heart of Power Rangers right. It really didn't. When I thought about what you guys said, I'm like, you know what? 
it probably did a better job than I think a lot of people are willing to give it credit for because they're so fixated on the surface level stuff. But the heart of Power Rangers, I agree with you. I think it got it down better than I would have thought. Uh, I, certainly. It's definitely a better movie than Turbo. Good Lord, don't get me started on Turbo. Uh, I earned a rim shot and achieved it unlocked. Yep. Uh, Elijah says, I like 20s. Uh, I like Power Rangers 17. Uh, 2017, fight me. Well, I'm not going to fight you. I don't know if anyone else will fight you, but, you know. I really dug PR, uh, PR 2017. Don't at me. Yeah, well, I'm not going to at you. I don't think anyone here is going to. Ah, jinx. <laughs> jinx, yeah, because you both said, oh, I liked the movie. Yeah, let me see. <laughs> I'll get you a Coke at G-Fest. Are you talking to me or Danny? And why do I get a Coke? I'm a, uh, personally, I'm more of a Pepsi guy. But Would love to join you on that one. Power Rangers 2017 is our beautiful baby. Well, I'll have to keep that, uh, you know, take that into consideration because there was another movie that I would love to get all the drifters on because... I absolutely adore it, and I know you guys do. And you know, so I will, I will take that into consideration. I'm assuming this is Jack that I am talking to. So, again, I will, th I will take that into consideration. Let me see. Oh, okay. So I guess the Coke is for uh, <laughs> the Coke is for Danny, Dandy Man. All right. Have you watched the Kitamura films? Uh Kitamura. Are you talking about a director or is that a film series? You're going to have to clarify there a little bit because I'm not quite sure what you're talking about. Hands off my Coke, Martian. You can have it. Like I said, I'm a Pepsi guy. Ruro, Ruro, whatever. Okay. I'm not sure what you got, got going there, Drift Space, but sure. What, oh, what are speaking of? Huh? <laughs> I feel like Strong Bad from one of the Strong Bad emails. You know, it's like, <laughs> you're not Ellie. You're not even literate. <laughs> Director of Final Wars and Versus. Okay. Yeah, that's what you mean. Yeah. I, I Suddenly, I can't remember his la uh, his first name, but yes, Kitamura. Admittedly, Final Wars is the only one of his films that I've actually seen. However, I am very curious to see Versus. And possibly Midnight Meat Train? Just because it's an American film, and I'm curious to see what his American films are like. Thoughts on the so-called Versus sequel? I have not heard about this. A sequel to Versus? When you, when you say so-called, is this an unofficial sequel? Maybe it doesn't have Kitamura on it? You're, I, I'm curious. I need more details here. I'd like to know more. The, you know, or is it something that's already out? I would, again, I would like to know more about that as well. I feel like I can't keep up with everything, <laughs> unfortunately. Let's see. Kitamura has made a handful of American films. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, I would agree with you. And what uh, what makes it even more interesting is that Kitamura, if I remember correctly, he's got he knows pretty good English, and I think he, I don't think. I could be getting the biographical details wrong. If any of you want to pull a Jimmy and tell me I'm wrong, feel free to tell me I'm wrong. But if I remember correctly, I'm thinking he, 
I know he spent some time in Australia. I think he studied for a while in America, which is why he's, you know, he has all, his English is actually pretty good, and why he was able to get people like, uh, you know, uh, Don Fry on the uh, Final Wars for uh, to play Captain Gordon because he's a big fan of MMA and um, he knew Don Fry, uh, you know, from his time in English-speaking countries. So we got some stuff here from Drift Space. Kitamura did not direct the supposed versus sequel. Same cast seems direct to streaming, directed by the actor who plays the villain. Interesting. Admittedly, very little information about it. Huh. Is it available to stream right now? And where can I see it? Got something from Mr. Damana. Insert inexplicably pretentious probe droid sound here. <laughs> Oh, you mean, uh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, Jimmy, what am I going to do without him? Apparently get yelled at by Danny. <laughs> Currently only in Japan. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. It's probably on another one. Uh, I'm getting I'm guessing it might be on. Is it on like, uh, you know, like Netflix Japan or something like that? Or is it like, Superaya Imagination, uh, you know the streaming service that they advertise on all of their uh, all the episodes of of uh, Trigger and Mirror Man and everything. Even though they're, you know, it's available to the whole world, but the streaming service is nowhere to be found outside of Japan. Let me see. He went to Europe, I think. Could be mixing him up with uh, Nakata from Ring. Yeah, that's that's true. It's. But that's what made Kitamura really interesting. The is that he he had some Western and American sensibilities, which is definitely uh, apparent when you watch Final Wars in particular. Well, like I said, I need to get around to watching Versus at some point. I wish it was available to stream someplace. If it is available to stream, please let me know because since I haven't seen it, I don't know if I want to fork over the money to arrow to buy what apparently is a fantastic blu-ray of it because i've never seen it and i'm a little bit nervous about picking it up and not liking it and although again if someone you know uh requested it for mi you know, as an as a patreon sponsored episode i'd probably break down and buy it you know uh to cover it on the podcast because of kitamura directing it you know, I'm actually relatively loose with the rules for uh, for what can be on Patreon sponsored episodes if they're adjacent enough to Kaiju and Tokusatsu. I'll I'll run, I'll consider it and you know cover it on the podcast. Heck, if people requested a, a, a Kurosawa movie, I'd probably break down and do it because it's freaking Kurosawa. Why not? You know, most of his movies were made by Toho, and you know I could come up with weak enough connections to justify having them on the show. Since we're talking awesome directors, let's talk about Takashi Miike, favorite film from him. Ah, Takashi Miike. Admittedly, I need to do some serious catching up on my Takashi Miike viewing. I, uh, I have several of his films sitting on my shelf waiting to be viewed. I would say currently because... Well, it, may, it probably won't end up being my favorite, but it's the most recent one that I saw. But I recently saw, thanks to Tubi, because I discovered it was on Tubi, I saw Blade of the Immortal, which was better than I was expecting it to be. And you know, it's a 
uh, it's uh, not an anime adaptation. Well, I think there actually maybe there was an anime. I know I looked up. It's based on a manga, and I was I could tell when I was watching it because it felt like a manga, and that was it was better than I thought it would be. It basically think of it as like Roroni Kenshin, but a heck of a lot more violent. <laughs> Uh, so that was interesting. It was a bit different than what I would have expected from Takashi Miike, who tends to go for seemingly to me more fun, lighthearted fare. He's, uh, I guess in a lot of ways you could, I might be stepping out of line saying this, but you could probably compare it to something like a Taika Waititi, perhaps, you know, that's, uh, that's the sort of style that he goes for, uh, goes with. Drift Space, Trekish question. Thoughts on the Orville? I've only seen a few episodes of the Orville. I can definitely see where it the next-gen influence on it, uh, where it has the next-gen influence on it. My biggest gripe with the, I watched the first several episodes, my biggest gripe with it is that it felt like a lot of things were moving very quickly, and I, just a lot of crazy things were just going on very quickly in those episodes that I was watching, and the style of the humor didn't always work for me. I did appreciate the fact that they were taking a very Star Trek, you know, Star Trek Roddenberry style approach to you know uh, addressing big issues through science fiction, like Star Trek is very well known for doing. I don't think it quite did it as well as Star Trek usually does, however. But you know, I know a lot of people really like it as an alternative to New Trek. So perhaps I should you know give it another try once again. All right, and uh, some more from Elijah. Uh, have you watched Mike's Blade of the Immortal? It's amazing. I, I just said I did. <laughs> Thanks to Tubi. Hey, it's Jr. Hi, Jr. Great to have you in the stream. Versus is such an amazing movie. Apparently, I am really behind. I really got to go check that. Uh, I got to check out the uh, verses. So uh, we got a question here. Who would win Enterprise or Orville? You got to specify which Enterprise, dude. That's going to change everything. <laughs> I eat the dough. There's been a lot of Enterprises. Uh, Miki has done a ton of dark and twisted stuff. All right, then that makes sense. It's just that the stuff that I see more people talking about and the sort of stuff that I have from him that's sitting on my shelf seems to be the uh, the lighter fare. But for what I understand, like Blade of the Immortal was his 100th movie. Not very many directors can say they've directed 100 freaking movies. That's insane. Absolutely insane. Mr. Damana, who's your number one pick for directing the next Japanese Godzilla film and why is it Takashi <laughs> Yamazaki? <laughs> I think he answered your own question. <laughs> Uh, ET thirteen. Uh, so we got Elijah again. Are you excited for uh, Brush of the Gods? Yes, I am. I am. <laughs> After watching, uh, dang it, a uh, Hell from Beyond the Fog. I really want to see what else. Uh, our uh, oh man, his name is escaping me. I think the caffeine's wearing off. I would love to see more from that. Uh, from dang it. I feel like a terrible nerd because I'm forgetting. I'd love to see more. And given the fact this is going to be Orochi and it looks like it's going to be modern, you know, there's a lot of really cool things going on in that movie. And I'm curious what they mean by Brush of the Gods. I really want to know. It's such a poetic-sounding title, and I really want to know what all is going on in that movie, especially with a title like that. Who's your favorite kaiju podcaster that's on a break right now? Oh, 
Uh, Kyle Young. No, I'm kidding. I mean, <laughs> that seems like a very rigged question, Elijah. You know the answer. Everybody knows the answer. I'm pumped, says Danny Damana. About what? Rush of the Gods? I, th- I think that's what you're talking about. From Elijah again. Nathan, if you're okay with uh, a <laughs> okay with abortion, you need to watch Imprint. It's on Tubi, I believe, under Masters of Horror. Uh, is that a Takashi Miike movie? <laughs> it sounds uh, a wee bit more horrifying than... Uh, yeah, that sounds a wee bit more horrifying than... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I would be curious... You know, see what that's like. But uh, yeah, I'll take a look. Uh, I'll do it. Maybe I'll do a search on Tubi. See what other Mike movies that I can find on there. Seems like there, it seems like there's a strange number of them on there. Just uh, Daisuke Sato. Yeah, that yes, he was the director of How Far Beyond the Flag. I was thinking more of the as I've met him. He was at G Fest a few years ago, but the old special effects guy. I feel terrible that I can't remember his name now suddenly that's who i was thinking of because that's the big draw for these is the you know the the uh you know the spe- the old special effects veteran working on these which i mean he did fantastic work in hell from beyond the fog i know michael you know michael hamilton is not a fan i get it but you know i thought it was fantastic but you know i'm crazy what can i say from JR, do you plan on watching any Super Sentai on Tubi? I have been. You came in a little bit late, JR. I have been watching Super Sentai on Tubi. I've been watching Zhu Ranger. Uh, I'm about uh, like 10, 15 episodes in. And, you know, there's a whole heck of a lot more to watch on there. And, you know, given the fact that I run a new podcast now about Henshin Heroes, expect to see some more Sentai showing up. Brother, <laughs> Keizo Marase. Thank you, Danny. Keizo Marase. That's who I was trying to think of. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really curious to see what he's got cooped up. I've seen some of the test footage and the promotional images and all that that they have for Brush of the Gods, and it looks fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I can't wait to see what he's got going. From Elijah, Blade of the Immortal, one missed call, imprint Terraformers. Oh, yes, I added Terraformers. To uh, uh, to my uh, what do they call it? Uh, my queue uh, on Tubi. So I have that one missed call. I didn't know if uh, Mike did one missed call. Um, I haven't even seen the Americanized version of that one. And uh, Zebra Man, but I have both of the Zebra Man movies on Blu-ray sitting on my shelf, waiting to be watched. And I keep putting off <laughs> not watching them. I feel a, bit, a little bit terrible for not watching them. I've uh, shown them. Not you know, I've shown the disc, you know, the uh, two people, and when I say, "Yeah, it's a superhero movie called Zebra Man," they all look at me very strangely, very, very strangely. And then I have to remind them, like, near as I could tell, this is supposed to be a parody superhero movie. Then I think they're a little bit more willing to go along with it. Thank you, Jr. I am very happy that you are proud of me for watching Sentai. So. I'm watching Zhu Ranger right now because, you know, the connections to Mighty Morphin. Let me uh, posit a question to you. Unless I just keep going in chronological order, where should I go next for Sentai after I finish Zhu Ranger? Should I back up and watch Jetman? Should I watch, I don't know, Mega Ranger? Because at the moment, 
my favorite Power Ranger season is in space. You know, let me know what you think in the comments. I've uh, got a comment here from uh, Dandy Man. Marase-san has been developing Brush of the Gods since the 1970s. I'm so happy to see him finally able to get his idea out of his head, and I cannot wait to see what he has in store. Agreed. Agreed. Let me see what we get here from Elijah. Is your, is your toilet comfortable? Very. That's all you're going to find out. <laughs> It's all you need to know. Oh, some more stuff here from Dandyman. Fun fact, Mikkei directed several days worth of the the Great Yokai War while randomly wearing the Superman mask. What a legend. That sounds amazing. He is my new hero. You know what? Why can't he direct a Godzilla film? Let him direct a Godzilla film. Toho, I know you're listening. Let this mad genius direct a Godzilla film. You gave it to Ano, who's a different kind of mad genius. Let Mikay do it now. That would be amazing. Hey, geek devotions in the house. <laughs> What's up, Nathan? Sorry I'm late. That's okay, Dallas. Might have been uh, <clears throat> some confusion over time zones because you're in Central, I'm in Eastern. <laughs> But if, you know, uh, I was thinking originally the stream would probably only go for about 60 minutes, but we've been getting so many good questions and, you know, rapid fire that, you know, I've, uh, I think I'll let it go a little bit longer. So start throwing some questions at me, Dallas. What do you got for me? Come on, bring it. All right. Elijah, Mike was going to do a Dimaging film, but it was scrapped. That makes me very sad because... Mike would have made an amazing Dimagine movie. Absolutely stellar, amazing Dimagine movie. Oh, you were at Kroger? No excuse. Uh, Die Ranger. Okay, so Die Ranger. That's, and if I remember right, that is the one right after Zhu Ranger. So it, I would continue going in chronological order. All right, that, that makes sense. I hear a lot of good stuff about Die Ranger, and that became Mighty Morphin. Season two, or at least the Zord footage did. They kept the Zhu Ranger costumes, except for the White Ranger. The White Ranger is from Die Ranger. And uh, I've heard it's a little bit weird. It's a little bit weird, but that's kind of the nature of every Sentai show from near as I can tell. They're all a little bit strange. Uh, Danny Damana, a dandy man. Most unique item in your kaiju collection. Now's your chance to make us jealous. Hmm. Are we talking from the uh, from the toys? Uh, from the you know, or just any other kaiju collectible? I got to think about this for a second. Man, because I have a lot I could pick from. I've got books. I've got, I've got movies. I've got some toys. I have some really interesting Trendmaster stuff that I don't see people talk about quite as much. Like, I have this whole playset from Trendmasters that came with... It came with an exclusive Godzilla figure that would actually... That actually had a, a breath missile. The, you know, a breath missile that you could fire. It had a little trigger on from one of the spines on the back. And the thing, the way it was... Um, there were... Uh, you could... Uh, it had these cardboard buildings that you could set up. 
And uh, they were uh, they had they were in pieces, so you had to piece them together a little bit because they would explode. That was the idea. And then they were on these platforms on the base for this playset, and you would stick them onto this base, and then you could take the Godzilla figure and either fire the missile right at the building or right at the base, and then that would trigger a spring in the base for the building, and it'll pop up in the building, you know, make it look like the building is exploding. I don't see a lot of people talking about that particular Trendmaster's toy. So that one um, I'm very fond of. Also, I don't have the infamous... Uh, Tokyo Shock DVD release of Megalon that accidentally had the special features. Makes me sad. I tried, but I didn't get it. However, I did manage to get the Destroy All Monsters Blu-ray, the original edition that had the special features on it just before it got recalled. Not a lot of people can lay claim to that. So that's probably one of the physical media... That's probably one of the physical media things I'm most proud of there. Have you watched Sexy Rangers yet? No. <laughs> no, Elijah. Dallas, question. Is the North Korean kaiju movie available on streaming? Yes and no. Uh, you can watch... Uh, from last I checked, you can watch it, a subtitle version of it, on YouTube. Someone put it up there. The is the problem is that it's not in Korean. It's actually in Japanese. So I'm guessing they the source that was used for that was the Japanese dubbed version of it that uh, that was released. I think in the 90s. I could be wrong about that. So you know, so know that going in if you want to watch it. And specifically for those who don't know, he's talking about Paul Gasari. So, you know, uh, so there you go. Now, I have, I managed to acquire an edition of it that has the original Korean language in it, which is what I will be using because that is also on the master list for the podcast. So expect to see an episode about that at some point. Also from Dallas, question. If all the Godzilla and other kaiju films were to be deleted except one, which one would you want to save? Oh my gosh, why would you ask me this? Because, oh, oh man, that is incredibly, incredibly difficult because some of the ones that I love, oh, they owe so much to what came before and Oh, and there's this weird part of me, you know, uh, my crazy creative writer brain that's just thinking, it's like, if they all got deleted, but we could save one, then maybe we could still create a series of events where all the rest of them could be made again in some weird parallel universe thing. God, uh, which in that regard, I'm going to say the original King Kong because so much of, of, of pop culture and cinema owes so much to the original King Kong. So it's, I know some people might call that sacrilegious her heresy because I didn't pick Godzilla, but I'm going with King Kong because if we still have King Kong, we could theoretically save everything else. And then JR says, yep, a uh, yup, amazing though. What are you talking about? Is that, uh, we're going back to Super Sentai? You going back to Super Sentai, I guess? Why was it recalled, asked Dallas. Are you talking about Paul Gasari? It wasn't so much recalled as it was 
I think just not a lot of people want to see it. There's a lot of very unfortunate things. I mean, the whole production of that movie is a movie unto itself. I want the, I can't remember the director's name, but I want to see a movie based on his autobiography about getting kidnapped by North Korea to make movies. I really want to see that because that would be so fascinating. And I think the other reason is because if you watch Paul Gasari, you're seeing real human suffering in it. Those aren't stunt doubles who are, you know, taking safety precautions. Those are people who are actually getting hurt in this movie. It's uh, kind of awful. Yeah. Uh, Dallas is English dubbed of a Japanese dubbed Korean film. No, it's not dubbed into English. It's dubbed in Japanese and subtitle. Oh, English subbed of a Japanese dubbed Korean film. Yes, that is exactly what I'm talking about. I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Um, I'm not sure. I haven't watched the uh, you know the edition of uh, the edition of. Paul Gasari, that's on YouTube because I managed to acquire a copy, like I said, that has Korea, that is in Korean. It also has the Japanese audio in it as well, if I want to hear what that sounds like. Uh, JR says, Gotta go, Nate. Just watch to say yo. Thanks for stopping by, JR. It was wonderful. <coughs> ah, this is why I have a thermos of water. You'd think that as a podcaster, I'd be used to, you know, talking into a microphone all day. I have very well exercised, <laughs> very well exercised vocal cords. All right. So a comment here from Mr. Damana. Uh, I have that copy of Megalon. Got it completely by accident by ordering the movie off of Amazon. And since it's been signed by Katsuhiko Sasaki uh, and is probably worth the price of a small car. I hate you. Now, I found an Amazon listing of a guy who claims that he has that edition and he's selling it for actually a very reasonable price, but I don't know if I trust him because that listing's been there for a long time on Amazon and no one's taking him up on the offer, weirdly enough. Uh, Dallas says, King Kong, not a bad answer. Thank you very much, Dallas. Thank you very, very much. And then Danny is replying to them. Media Blasters failed to clear the rights for the bonus features with Toho and release the disc without their approval, the final disc. Oops. Oh, okay, so that was... He was asking about the Media Blasters uh, disc releases, not Paul Gasari. I was a little confused there. Let me see. Dallas says, you said some movie you have was recalled. Oh, there's several I could think of uh, that uh, in the stashed away in the vault. I have uh, I have Half Human. I have Prophecies of Nostradamus. Uh, you know, those were there were different reasons those were you know recalled. Paul Gasari hasn't necessarily been recalled. Ore Senjo says Toku Punk Productions. Not sure what that is, but uh, thank you. Uh, Elijah says Nathan. You have a hydro flask, I guess. Well, and the best part about this, you know, my uh, my mother and my sister got this for me, and I always know it's mine because apparently there is a brand of thermos called Nathan. I don't know how that happened. So I have thermoses and I have hot dogs. There you go. My brother Jared, on the other hand, apparently owns a jewelry store. <laughs> Toku Punk. An answer from earlier, you watch Common Rider Revis and Kikai Sentai Kenkaiger tonight at 8. Okay, that's good to know. Good to know. All right, got some more here from Mr. Damana. 
There's a fanta- uh, f- fantastic. <laughs> Learn to read, Marchand. There's a fantastic documentary on the kidnapping of Shin Sung Ok and Lady uh, Choi called The Lovers and the Despot. Highly recommended. Yeah, I think that is on. I believe that's on Amazon Prime. That is definitely that and the book, a uh, Kim Jong Il production. It's definitely going to be part of my research material for the Polkasari episode. You bet. Let me see here. Oh, okay. That's the uh, that's uh, apparently that's the platform where I could watch some of the newer Toku shows. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Toku Punk. All right, let me see. Uh, Dallas here. Why did the uh, did the show uh, the the show uh, show you mean show uh, era Godzilla film get so weird and bad? <laughs> weird, yes. Bad. That's subjective. <laughs> That's very very subjective. And I would have to know when exactly that you thought you know it got bad. You know, it's kind of a common phrase. It was something that was brought up in my previous podcast life. You know, it's the and then they got silly argument. You know, and it depends on what you're talking about. You're talking about mid sixties. You know, there I can tell you why. You know, why they got weird and such. Then, uh, if you're talking the seventies, I uh, I would just say in the seventies, uh, Toho was just like. You know, letting people do, you know, crazy things with Godzilla because, you know, in the case of Hedera, they weren't exactly sure what was going on. You know, the story has it with uh, producer Tanaka. But I think it was also just because, you know, they were trying to keep the franchise going and follow some trends, you know, with uh, what was popular in TV with the Toku Hero shows and all that. There's a multitude of factors for why budget is part of it. The, uh, there is a, an episode of uh, from my previous podcast life that goes into that a little bit, and uh, I'm sure you've probably heard it. So I would just say, you know, go back and reference that. I believe it was the one on Eberhor of the Deep. That'd be a good place to start. And uh, why is my uh, why is my mouse not wanting to work here? I'm gonna have to use the touchpad now because you all want. Okay, there. Yeah, because all of you wanted to know this. Uh, the further they went on. Well, yeah, well, there's a multitude of factors, like I said. And they all, you know, they're all intertwined and linked. And, you know, it's just this long series of dominoes. It would take basically an entire podcast episode to explain. From Elijah. Do you like David Fincher's Dune? Hmm. I haven't watched it in a while. I have very mixed feelings about that version. It's, oh man, David Fincher's Dune. It's got so it has a, such a great cast. It's got p- great production values, but it has some very David Finchian, uh, David uh, Finchian weirdness to it. And that is, I just feel like there's that's the sort of stuff that just makes it really incompatible with the source material. And the source material is, I mean, Dune is basically considered to be. The, you know, the Lord of the Rings is science fiction. So just, oh, man, which is, I mean, which is why I will give that to the Sci-Fi Channel version. It was longer. It was a miniseries. So it benefited from that. And it was truer to the book, but it did not have the production values that David Finch, David Fincher had, which is why I'm really cur- uh, excited to see this new one. I think the guy who's directing it is the perfect guy to direct Dune. And it looks like they're doing what I've been saying for years, which is take the production values of the David Finch version and the 
uh, faithfulness to the source material that you saw in the sci-fi channel version, put them together, you potentially have the recipe for the perfect Dune movie. Uh, Post-Astro Monster, according to Dallas. Yeah, the, there's a lot of different factors about it, different trends and budgets being cut and uh, the fact that they were cha- you know they were aiming at a younger audience there you know there's a lot of different factors involved with that uh, like i said uh, are you planning on covering any of the godzilla cartoons it's funny that you asked me that dallas because i already have <laughs> i have covered uh, several episodes of godzilla the series with Eli Harris, a, uh, a patron, and I would love to continue covering more episodes of that show because I love that show. I do also, you know, have a slot that I want to fill with a particular, uh, several particular episodes of Godzilla the series. As for the Hanna-Barbera version, I don't have any plans at the moment, but again, you can make it happen thanks to Patreon. Thoughts on Tremors, asks Elijah. I have seen the first three movies of the Tremors franchise. I haven't seen any of the television shows. And it's been a while since I've seen any of them, but I did really like the first movie. I think the first movie is absolutely fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And then, uh, you know, the two sequels that I saw, you started definitely getting into the the problem of diminishing returns, for sure. (laughs) With those sequels, they just weren't nearly on par with that first movie. But that's hard, uh, hard to do. And here's Danny answering the questions for me in the chat. Post Astro Monster budgets got lower. The original creative team departed. Or in the case of A.G. Subaraya, passed away. TV began dictating creative choices and children became the target audience. There you go. There you go, Dallas. Thanks to Mr. Demena. <laughs> he put it very succinctly. I think there's some other factors involved in there as well. But those are the big ones. Uh, thank you for coming to my brief TED Talk. Yep. Yep, and uh, Dallas was very happy with that. Dang, how did I miss that? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, but I'll tell you, I actually, re- you know, uh, I think there's some, you know, there's some gems in the Godzilla uh, Godzilla franchise post Astro Monster. I think All Monsters Attack is a grossly underestimated movie. Now people are starting to appreciate. It. It's almost to the point now where. Saying that you appreciate Godzilla's Revenge, that's the American title, more than you did before has almost gotten a little too popular to say. You know, so now people are kind of getting hipstery about liking the movie before. It's weird. It's kind of ridiculous at this point. And uh, I love Gigan. Oh my gosh. Danny and I could talk about Gigan forever. We love Gigan. (laughs) Megalon is tremendously fun. It's a victim of circumstance, but it's tremendously fun. And I like the Mechagodzilla films. In fact, Terror of Mechagodzilla, I've said this before, Terror of Mechagodzilla was my first Godzilla film, and I think Elijah will agree with me. Uh, Terror of Mechagodzilla is, uh, is absolutely fantastic, despite all of its, you know, uh, despite the, you know, the shortcomings that it had in terms of budget and all of that. Oh, funny, Elijah. Funny, funny, funny. How much would... How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Three pounds. Done. You going to test my theory? Go ahead. Test my theory. I dare you. Test my theory. (laughs) Uh, Let me see. Uh, Dandy man. 
This exact take on Godzilla's revenge was the topic of the latest GNP podcast I just released today. It must be fate. It must be. I'm still catching up on those, by the way, Danny, just to let you know. I've listened to the first several. Unfortunately, since I'm not typically logged in my phone with my uh, my personal my personal Patreon account, I'm usually logged in for the podcast. I need I need to manually switch around in order to Sorry. Ah, need to manually switch around in order to uh, to listen to that on my phone. So I will be doing some, like I said, some catch up on those. And I don't mean the condiment. Anyway, Dallas, what Godzilla film would you recommend to someone who's never seen Godzilla? Oh, that is a good one. That is a good one. And the thing is, is that I would have to do follow up questions about that one because I would need to know what kind of stuff because there's a Godzilla out there for everybody. So I would have to know what that person enjoys. Do they like classic films? I say start with 54. Do they like going through series chronologically? Again, 54. Do they want something that is, you know, probably more in line with the more common pop cultural perception of Godzilla? I would say probably Invasion of Astro Monster Godzilla versus Monster Zero, whichever title you want to use. And it's yeah, that one is a great balance of being fun and also having great characters and story and stuff like that's very and they always just share a Honda it's uh, uh stuff like that if they're completely uninitiated I would probably say uh, Mothra versus Godzilla because it's one of the it's arguably well, uh, it's one of the best sequels in the franchise and that one is very accessible for the uninitiated the Monster Zero is probably, there's a little bit of a bar to entry because it's a crazy science fiction film, but I would definitely, yeah, Mothra versus Godzilla for sure. But if they like more modern stuff, I would say, you know, maybe the, uh, you know, maybe Godzilla 2014. If they like political satire or Jap or uh, modern Japanese films, I say Shin Godzilla. There's a lot of other questions I would have to ask because that will determine how I answer that because <laughs> there's several choices that you could go with. Uh, she sells seashells down by the seashore. Yes, she does. Oh, Michael! Michael has suddenly appeared. Godzilla 2000. He's answering Dallas's question. That would also be a good choice, I would say. Godzilla 2000 is very accessible. See, you're a man of taste and culture, says Dallas. Yes. Yes, at least that's what Michael likes to think he is. Oh, hot take from Elijah. He says Godzilla 2000 is overrated. <laughs> but Dandy Man says that this is the perfect answer in all caps. That's why I had to yell it. Uh, Dallas says be uh, best like from Godzilla to uh, best line, I should say, uh, from uh, Godzilla 2000. This missile will go through Godzilla like crap through a goose. Interesting that you bring that up, Dallas, because that's only in the dubbed version. <laughs> <laughs> that is exclusive to the dubbed version. How's my battery doing? Okay. Still got a few percent before it uh, hits 100. <laughs> Michael says, you're overrated, Elijah. Oh, man. Got a fight breaking out in the chat. <laughs> so I don't want to have to referee this, okay? <laughs> Save it for the show or something. <laughs> All right. Well, now we're uh, creeping up to... 90 minutes, so uh, I'm probably going to shut things down here in about five minutes. So get your last questions in right now to ring in 
the second anniversary, as of today, the second anniversary of the Monster Island Film Vault. Oh, Michael says the dub version is superior. There's, uh, there is uh, solid evidence for that statement. I will say that. What do we got here from Elijah? Overrated is inside of each and every one of us. <laughs> that might be one of the most perfect answers I've ever seen Elijah give to anything. This is why, Elijah, you are the littlest gatekeeper. What do we got here from, from uh, Mr. Hamilton? Boxers are... <laughs> Boxers are briefs. Of course, this is going to be brought up. Yes. <laughs> from Elijah why isn't Danny taking Jimmy's spot <laughs> because Danny is very busy novelizing every uh, novelizing the increasing number of Japanese Godzilla films he barely has time to come visit me on the island <laughs> and talk about I don't know Gamera Super Monster <laughs> Dallas last question what is your big dream for MIFV for the next year oh Man, oh, for the next year? I mean, in the immediate future, I will say this. I've talked about it in a previous live stream. Uh, the 50th episode is going to be a big, big deal, and it's going to be quite the uh, quite the project. I'm going to be, honestly, I'm going to be spending the next couple of weeks working on that. So that's probably the biggest one right now. As for after that, oh, man, I'd love to record a live episode at G Fest. I think that would be uh you know I think that would be uh you know that would be a great thing to do. Uh man. Uh, I if I could land a really big celebrity guest, like say some of the guests at G Fest, that would be amazing. Uh you know, I would uh if I could have my way, I mean I've had several legacy characters on uh on the podcast. And if I could get their original actors to come on just for a little, you know, just for one episode or something and play their original characters, that would be great. Like, like my pie in the sky dream, I will confess to you, uh, would be to have uh, Melody Perkins, who played Astronoma slash Corone in Power Rangers. I've seen, uh, you know, because I had Corone, who she was Miss Perkins. Uh, you know, that was a big revelation just a few episodes ago on the show. And I saw her in a recent interview where she said that, you know, basically since Power Rangers, she hasn't done a whole lot of acting and she's wanted to get back into acting. And I just kept thinking, you know, I was, I saw that and I went to her Twitter page and I'm, my finger just hovered there above the message button. Cause I'm like, I want to ask her, I want to ask her to come do some acting on my show. Now I'm having her play her character again, but I want her to come on. Oh man, that would be amazing if I could do that. Like, or if I, if I could track another pie in the sky dream, if I could track down David Perrin, who played Jimmy from NASA in the war in space, that would be amazing. I'd love to interview him. Absolutely love to interview him. Ah, uh, so yeah, a lot of things like that. Mm. But, uh, yeah, you know, those are the more pie in the sky ones, but but the 50th episode is going to be a big deal. It's going to be an absolutely big deal and i have some interesting storyline ideas that i would love to do on the show the you know that i'll have going on and i'll be getting a lot of really cool people involved with that i know it's gonna be 
It's going to be great. It's not, not a, a lot of stuff I don't necessarily want to reveal at this moment. And the beyond that, I would love to increase the viewership uh, for sure on the show uh, in some in some form. You know, I'm not saying that I want to become Kaiju Cast. I've occasionally joked that I you know that I'm going to become the next Kaiju Cast, but I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. Not necessarily. All right, so uh, this I'll get try to get through these last few questions because some of you decided to throw a few at me. Uh, who is your waifu? You spelled it wrong, Elijah. But who is your waifu? <sighs> you would ask me that, wouldn't you? Now, I joked that it was the the girl from Singular Point, but you know that was just me goofing around. Uh, the real truth of the matter, probably Chun Li from Street Fighter. Fight me. <laughs> uh, which year did you like more? Which year? Which year? Not 2020, for sure. <laughs> Other than some of the cool stuff I did for the podcast, but yeah. I don't know. Uh, do I just have to pick a random number? Just uh, I don't know. 2018, started grad school? Yeah. Uh, one more from Elijah. When can I come back on the cast? Well, I am trying to find a way to get you back on, for sure. And I talked with you about that last night. I do, for sure, have plans to have you come on the cast at least one more time, at least one more time ne uh, uh, next year, and you're definitely going to come back for Reptilian when I get around to it. That's for sure. And, yeah, I don't know. There might be another episode uh, coming up this season that I might try to sneak you on to. Who knows? Michael, how do you think the board will function without Nate uh, to harass? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. My guess is, is they'll find ways to continue to harass him now that he has been shot into space, I uh, you know they'll, they'll I have a feeling they'll be a lot like the the Mads from MST3K. They'll just keep subjecting him to bad Toku movies. I think that's what they'll do to you know, screw with his brain and conduct psychological experiments on him. I think that's what'll happen for sure, for sure. Uh, let me see, uh, Danny. Oh, whoop! There we go. There's Danny. Uh, I think we can safely assume that it's Jimmy. It's always been Jimmy <laughs> answering a question from a few a uh, few minutes ago. So Toku Punk, how do you feel about being one of the few only good Tokusatsu podcasts on YouTube than other terrible over overrated podcasts like TokuCast? <laughs> Thank you for the flattery. I've not heard TokuCast, so I can't comment. But uh, yeah, I'll just. I'll just let the I'll I'll just let you answer your own question there. You know, I, I don't want to bloat my ego too much there. Let me see another one from Toku Punk. Wait, you didn't know uh, Ore Senjo, and and didn't you say you were the Henshin guy before you were the Kaiju guy? How many writers Sentai and Metal Heroes have you watched? I didn't say I was the Henshin guy. I was the superhero guy. More specifically, American superheroes. Not necessarily Japanese. I am very much a noob when it comes to Kamen Rider. So I've got a lot of catching up to do when it comes to that. You're probably more knowledgeable about Henshin heroes than I am at this point. So my apologies for that. Because on Henshin men, I'm the noob. Travis is the writer expert. So, Dandy Man, Dr. Dorof spinoff when? Maybe sooner than you think. 
I'm not a, Elijah says, I'm not a weeb. I don't know what anime talk is. <laughs> Funny. Uh, Tokupunk, same. I'm not sure what you're answering there, but uh, let me try to get through these last few here. Uh, Elijah, the first or second year of MAFE. Oh, that's what you meant. Oh, man. That's hard to pick. Oh, man. A lot of stuff happened in that first season of MAFE. It's an extended season because it went from September 2019 all the way through December of 2020. That one was really fun. But this year has been really fun, too. And it's hard for me to say which one I like more because I still have a handful of episodes left this year that, if I play my cards right, will probably make this year the best one so far. Although, because I will say, the you know, there were... You know, the first year is very formative, you know, a lot of growing pains. And now I've, you know, I'm i a much better podcaster now than I was when I started, for sure. Uh, Dallas has got a dip. Love you a ton, bro. I appreciate all you do. Thanks, Dallas, for coming by. Michael says, how are you able to? How am I able to what? <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, and then Dallas says, superhero guy. Okay, pop quiz when I, uh, when, then I'm gone. What Paul Pirro has, was present and failed to save the Wayne, uh, the Waynes from being murdered. Mother trucker. That happened? That happened? I seriously don't know. Oh man, Dallas, you're going to have to educate me. <laughs> Tokupunk says Godzilla is best waifu. Oh, that's a can of that's a can of kaiju size worms. I'm not touching. And finally, finally, from Michael, how are you able to manage so many different Twitter personalities without going insane? Second question: Gun to your head, Common Rider or Super Sentai slash Power Rangers? There's only one answer. By the way. <laughs> And uh, it seems very presumptive of you, Mr. Hamilton, to say that I am running all of the pot, the MIFV-related Twitter accounts. How dare you? How dare you? <laughs> Come on. I would go insane if I had to manage that many. Come on. I mean, I know I'm a writer, and I have to manage a bunch of different characters all at once. You know, so it should be second nature to me. But come the frick on, man. Do you think all of those Twitter accounts came about because of me? That's definitely not true. That's why a lot of times I don't know what's coming out of the, uh, you know, coming out of the feeds for half of those accounts at the very least. A few of them I correspond with, but, you know, a lot of them, I don't know what's going to happen. Mm. The shadow, Dallas. Really? The shadow was there? I have to see this comic. Why don't more people talk about the fact that the shadow could have saved the Waynes? Oh, my God gosh we need to talk dallas we seriously seriously need to talk uh, <laughs> danny says uh, to michael are you suggesting that nate isn't a bit off his rocker why would anyone do that you should all know you should all know i'm a wee bit crazy i just am when you're a nerd and a writer that just doubles the madness Elijah says, Nathan is only a little crazy. Yes, a little. Just enough to make it entertaining, not enough to start murdering people. <laughs> you never answered the second question. Oh, that is uh, that is true. Oh, you're going to put a gun to my head. Uh, I'm going to have to go back to what I said before about, you know, uh, if I preferred Sentai or Power Rangers. At this point, I've seen way more 
Sentai and Rangers than I have Common Rider. So, you know, by the sheer amount, uh, you know, Power Rangers, you know, Power Rangers, specifically Power Rangers, because that's the one I've seen the most of. That's winning right now just because I've seen more of it. If I had seen, if I've seen more Sentai and more Common Rider, I'd have a better basis for comparison. So there you go. You get your one answer only because they win by default because of how much more of that I've seen than the other two. Oh no, the drift space suddenly came back. Ever think of life after FFV? What does that look like? Yeah, I'm going to be honest with you, drift space. I think I would probably just start another podcast. I've caught the bug. I really enjoy this format. I would just start another podcast on some other topic that I'm really interested in. Not 100% sure what that would be. I have some ideas, but that's probably what I would do. Just start another podcast. And uh, Michael responded to my answer with a couple of emojis. One is a happy face, and I'm not sure what the other one is. It's a little hard to see. Oh, uh, it's it is a it is a gun. I think he's just reminding me gun to the head. Got it. All right, Elijah, you get the last question of the stream. What size are your sub sandwiches? I typically go for six inch. Six inch. That's enough for me. <laughs> and Dandy Man says uh, to Elijah, "That's getting a bit personal, don't you think?" I got asked about underwear a few minutes ago. Sandwiches is nothing. Oh my gosh, Michael, stop it. Why can't MIFE just be more like the Drift Space? <laughs> because they're the Drift Space, and I'm not copying the Drift Space because the Drift Space is the Drift Space. I don't want to be watered down Drift Space. That would just be you know, an insult to the Drift Space. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> of course. Anyway. <laughs> uh, the drift space says it's hard to top perfection. Indeed, it is hard to top perfection. All right. Well, thank you very much. We've This has gone a little bit longer than I expected, but I hope you really enjoyed it. Thank you for joining me to celebrate the anniversary of this ridiculous podcast. And here's to another year and many more after that. Thank you once again. <laughs>